Welcome to the Retro Breakdown. I'm Time Wander. I'm I'm Tom. <laughs> I have water in a sore throat. <laughs> it's not even really sore. It's scratchy. A nice, a nice scratchy throat. It's a scratchy throat. What? What is? Like we, I know what you mean when you say scratchy, but it's kind of like an odd thing to think about. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's like there's something. It's like the best think- way to describe it, though, because it's like there, there there's like if anything, I would say like a sore throat is a weirder thing to say because soreness is generally as soreness is generally like thought of as, you know, you think like muscle soreness. Sure. Which is not what a sore throat feels like at all. No. Yeah. It more just just pressure. Yeah. I don't know. Wow, we're off to a bang today. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good enough to do the podcast, but if I sound a little weird or I have to clear my throat more often than usual, then you know why. Yeah. Hey, so uh, I I downloaded Growl. Oh, I kind of remember what that is, but I kind of don't. Refresh my memory. No. We'll we'll talk about it on a different podcast a different day. Okay. <laughs> cool. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> no, it's just the beat em up where you beat up poachers that I oh, didn't yeah, know existed. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, good. Yeah, that is something to talk about on a different day. Good. But it was, it was. I, I decided to, to pick it up because I was hanging out with some, um, uh, well, basically three other people so we could do a four-player thing, and it was great. Good. So it'll be good. next I, time. I will, I will definitely... Give that a look at some point. But what was real? What was super fun was so since I was with Matt and his family, we were we ended up playing um, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Mm. like all the new tracks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Man, that game, it really is just like the best Mario Kart to come out in such a long time. I'll I'll still always be partial to Double Dash, Mm, just because I like the the way it like I like the the unique aspect of the two drivers and all that stuff. But really. Mario Kart 8 might be the best Mario Kart just ever for for racing and, yeah. and all like on all the variety of tracks and all that stuff. Well, it's it's running into the um it's honestly about to run into the problem that uh Smash Ultimate is going to run into, which is there is so much in this game now. What do they how, do for the next one? How do you top it? You yeah. cannot top it. Yeah, Smash Brothers will have to basically start over mm-hmm. with something new. Like, it'll have to be something different, because they can't just do the same thing, but with less characters, because then everyone would be like, what? Why? Which, evidently, um, Sakurai has started talking about what the, ne- like, his thoughts on the next Smash Brothers Oh yeah, and is, how is he, is he, he, uh, he can't a... he can't see the uh, he can't see the series moving forward without him. Oh wow, that's that's um okay. Like, don't get me wrong, the dude's done a lot and he's an important part of it. But I guarantee Smash Brothers would continue if he were to fall off the earth tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't um. <laughs> My read on it wasn't that it was like a self-aggrandizing thing, and I may have made it sound that way. Oh, it's more okay. just like, I, it sounded to me more like he doesn't want it to continue and not be working on it. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I felt like he was the one that said he was done. Yes, he was the one who said he was done. Okay, and so that's really, why it's notable. So it's, he's it's like, more- he's sort of like pseudo-retired, air quotes. <laughs> But now he's like, well, there's probably, you know, there's going to be another Smash Brothers and like, you know, I can't see myself not being a part of it. He, he basically had that moment of, oh, I'm done with this forever. and I'm just going to announce the world. I'm done with it. And then six months later, he was like, hmm. Okay. He just seemed so tired and so done with Smash Brothers for like 10 years. It's funny because maybe I, I just I mean, I guess I don't follow him that closely because he always seems he seems pretty happy about everything the only time i ever saw him look tired was when he was doing the minecraft thing that's true <laughs> otherwise he's like real uh, into it 
So that's so it's sure. Sounds- and then he does that whole thing where he's like, "Yep, that sure is Steve, isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> so I may, maybe this is like a he's throwing it back out there, being like, "No, no, I still want to work on Smash Brothers. I'm, I still want to make this a part of my my existence and my. I mean, I don't know." As we I, I, as we come closer to there being a new uh, Nintendo console, yeah, yeah, all the we're coming images. closer to <laughs> needing a new Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I mean, when he said he was done, a part was like, "Oh, that's fine, I guess." But the the chance of him not being part of the next one seems slim to me. Yeah, even if it's just like an advisory position, <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever that ends up meaning. I feel like Sakurai is the type of person who would take a sort of like hands-off supervisory role and then actually just throw himself right into the fire. Yeah, yeah regardless. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, when when it's become your existence, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 defined who he is as a game designer and developer mm-hmm. more so than anything else that he's done. Even Kirby. That's what I mean. Yeah, I don't think he's been a part of a Kirby game in a long time. I don't think he has either. He wasn't um, in the credits of uh, today's topic. No. Not that th- that's, you know. I think, he, no, I think he was part of Air Ride is one of the ones that I remember. Mm. Yeah, that sounds right. Doing. But I don't know if he was part of much after that, because after around that time was, you know, Smash Brothers full time for 20 years. Yep. Which is kind of funny to think about, because not that much has changed. <laughs> like, like, it's one of Fundamentally, those... Fundamentally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously all the characters and figuring out how all of that works. Uh, but it's... it's. I, I guess you could say that about most anything. Like, Mario's the same game since Mario 1, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... It will be... It will be exciting to see where Smash Brothers goes. Yeah. I, I mean, they might even do something like 3D or who knows, right? Like, they might... they might Because then the, the, if, they, if they reinvent what it feels like to play, then they can get away with reinventing the the characters that are involved in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big thing with uh, with Smash and Mario Kart is like, how do you how do you outdo a game that has like all of the content that everyone wanted? Yeah. And the answer is just to completely start over and reboot the whole thing and try something new. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with with Mario Kart, I think you can get away with just being like, "Hey, here's Mario Kart Nine. It's the same thing." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think no it one's will really matter. looking for that much innovation from Mario Kart. Well, and Nintendo owns everything in it, anyways. Like Smash Brothers, what would be weird is having to deal with all of the licensing and stuff again. And that's true. So that could make it more complicated, which maybe they don't want to deal with. Whereas Smash Bro- or Mario Kart, they could be like, "Yeah, here's Mario Kart. Here's here's thirty new tracks, and here's mm-hmm. twenty old tracks." <laughs> Because we've been doing that since the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't think Mario Kart has it as much of a problem unless they... I mean, hell, they could literally just be like, here's Mario Kart 9, but it's just Mario Kart 8 plus whatever we're doing that's new. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it doesn't really matter. Because racing games, for the most part, are fun, not because it's all brand new everything, but because it's, you know, it's it's sort of... It feels better to play somehow than the last one, whatever that ends up meaning. Right. Like tighter controls, new items, new vehicles, because they could change how vehicle customization works in the game or just get rid of it completely and add something else. And then that's already different, even if you're racing some of the same tracks. And you know how uh, how any of this stuff goes with. uh, With Miyamoto at the helm, where it's like innovation or don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do something new or don't do anything at all. Yeah, I feel like the only reason the Switch has had the games that it has is just because the Wii U is such an enormous bomb. Yeah. That they're like, fine, you can just re-release all of this stuff. Which they mostly have. There's like, I think there's like two or three games that are still stranded on the Wii U that haven't been ported over. Yeah, there, there's, and a, that's there's, it. The, there's like the Paper Mario Color Splash. Um, Which is fine because no one's asking for that. <laughs> it's the only paper mario game i haven't played although i own it if they re-released it there'd be a high probability of me buying it because it would be released during a direct and i'm a sucker for those but i don't care yeah like if it never happens that's okay too and the fact that it hasn't happened yet <laughs> leads me to believe that it's not going to happen 
I mean, did you play Sticker Star? Yeah, the the um, uh, the 3DS one. Yeah, the yeah, one was... with random battles that actively disincentivizes you from engaging in random battles. It's the it's the worst Paper Mario experience I've I've ever had. But I like Paper Mario, so I played through all of it and did all the stuff in it. And I was like, God, I hate every second of this. I don't know why I'm not turning this off. So my understanding is that Color Splash is essentially the Wii U equivalent of that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I st- that that was when I stopped playing it because I was like, man, this just isn't that fun. I don't know why I'm doing this to myself again. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm a sucker for Nintendo stuff. Sometimes I just can't help myself. Even I have limits. Like I'm <laughs> right there with you. Where like you know, there are. There are tactical strategy games that I would probably enjoy more than uh, than Fire Emblem. Yeah. But here I am anyway. <laughs> right, right, Like, right. Engage is pretty good. Is it, like, the best? Not no. really. No, no. But, like, I'm having fun with it, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. yeah but, well, like, sometimes I could do better. Well, and sometimes it's fun just to play the series that you, that you know, right? For yeah, some reason yeah. that, I don't know why we're built that way but sometimes we are we're like yeah i'll play this inferior product because i know what it is mm-hmm. and it's it's good enough kind it's of a thing. it's it's weird yeah no i i've definitely felt that before where it's like i could be playing a better game than this but it's the thing that i know so i'm just gonna power through it <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, or I'll like i think what it comes down to mentally is like i want it to be good yeah because I'm a fan of the series, and I want this to be good, so I'm going to give it, like, full benefit of the doubt and just keep going. I mean, that's how I felt playing through 16, honestly. Mm. Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Was, I love Final Fantasy so much. Although, it's hard to say that because the last few entries have been more of a, <clears throat> let's just get through it. As opposed yeah. to, God, I love every second of this. Yeah. But I will probably be right there whenever 17 comes out too right like it's it's the series is so ingrained in my my like nostalgia that it's hard for me to let go of it that those feelings i don't know the next one it will be it will have to do something more interesting because i can't i can't just ride on the coattails of that anymore i don't think because 16 was really a bummer for me 16 from an outside perspective like i'm seeing the stories come out where it's like you know Yoshi P made everyone watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, that's what it kind of feels like. Yeah, because so, like that's it's that is nakedly the 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 vibe that they're going for. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. very very obviously emphasis on nakedly. Yes. <laughs> um, it it even it even comes complete with like you know the 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 uh, gaping plot holes like Piccolo destroying the moon a second time. Which was only there because they needed to have a filler episode, anyways. So it's it's you know it's 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 an experience. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm kind of I'm stunlocked a little bit because the DBZ reference came out of like completely nowhere. completely yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but it is one of those plot hole moments when you realize you don't think about it in the moment, then you think about it afterwards. And you're like, oh yeah, they already destroyed the moon in Dragon Ball. Why did they destroy yeah. it again? This is already a thing. And there was like a really hard plot reason for doing it. Yeah, in both series. I mean, in both times, it was the same thing. So it's kind of one of those like, huh? <laughs> and so that's 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 what 16's plot holes feel like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So following up with, with a Game of Thrones aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Or The Witcher or whatever it is. Understood. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I read an article about so drag or Dragon Ball, uh, Diablo Four has been mm. going through some development pains. It feels like I I I don't know the specifics, but I have seen something about like, oh yeah, developers are like apologizing for struggles or something like that. Yeah, so the game is really rough right now, and and I, most of that is because the game didn't get. So it was in development for a long time, but for more than half of it, it was under a team that was actively, you know, just garbage because the people mm-hmm. at the top were crap. Yeah. Not the mm-hmm. actual workers. The workers were doing their thing, but they were stuck under a team of people that were had great ideas where an entire like a woman's archetype or whole design was that she was raped. <laughs> like mm. that's like that was like her involvement as a character 
I, I believe it was she was called the raped woman in, in wow. like the, the documents or whatever. Oh, and they had brilliant ideas like uh, the, so they they had hired someone from the the Witcher team, and he ah. was there was a uh, the the only person of color a woman, and she and he was like no she must only wear a white cloth. <laughs> Wow. No, like <laughs> nothing else. No undergarments. No like clothing. She just must be, you know. That's like the type of that's like the type of character casting that Disco Elysium does, but as like a parody of itself. <laughs> yeah, this was not supposed to be a parody. This was very much a serious idea. Like it does that like like Disco Elysium does that for like for like for effect. Sure, yeah. To, like, point out the absurdity of, like, you know, you run into characters who are, like, you know, uh, racist lorry driver and Gary the (laughs) crypto-fascist. And that's just their name. Right, right, right. And it's clearly supposed to just be poking fun at the eye, like, all of that. Yeah, And the absurdity of it. Yes. Yeah, no, this this was this was a team of people that were led by folks that thought it would be a good idea to have this angel be in a wheelchair at some point so he can then get up and be like, oh, these shackles are in my head or whatever. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, we're talking we're talking real bad stuff. Oh, so, that you know what, though, that actually sounds like the, you know. The Activision Blizzard that I have come to know over the past few years that sounds completely on brand where yeah, it's well, like, oh, hey, look, sexual assault, actually not that bad. And you can just get over it. Yeah. So that is that one. Well, then because of all of those things, there's lots of people leaving. And so they, you know, they probably had some skeleton spaghetti code left over and they were trying sure. to hobble together the game yeah. and they were left with. So what they made was the, the base game is really cool, but they're also they're also being, you know, kneecapped because they have to have the game work on a PS4, which isn't good for you know it's a 10 year old console at this point you're trying to you know have lots of action and things happening on screen so you can't have all of that if it needs to run on a 10 year old platform so there's lots of weird there's lots of aspects that we don't you don't think about if you're just playing the game right right Uh, right so i feel bad for the team because they're doing the best they can i feel like but they're just Basically, it's a losing battle at the moment. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I think it will work out just fine. I think I think whenever it'll take a year or two, which is probably how long it should have waited to be released. But then you'd miss out on the six 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 release date, you know. So okay, so I've heard something fun about this. Was that? Um, they're also using six 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 as um, I, I don't know the full story, but it's it's some kind of like battle pass, um, like cash in amount. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard I actually I didn't pay attention to it. I just collected my rewards and moved on. (laughs) So there's people talking about how 666 is like it's themed, but it's also kind of the scummiest amount. Yeah, yeah. That they could possibly give you because like the the stuff that you actually buy with it is like a thousand. Yeah, we'll never divide into that ever. Yeah. So, like, after collecting three 666 rewards, you have 1998. <laughs> and you need, like, 2,000. Yeah. No, it's 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 pretty bad. It's very true. The... I don't know. It's... It, they're, they're, you, can, you can tell that uh, M- Mr. Kotick is behind some of these decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or at least has his, at least has his, you know, his he, fingerprints he, on it. Right, right. Well, yeah, not literally behind it. I just, I just mean that the there, there is, there is some pressure from the top to to push out the game as they needed to make money from Diablo for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's so the, there is a Poe two, the Path of Exile two Exile Con announcement over the weekend, or uh-huh. I guess, and so the that looks really cool. And mm-hmm. there's lots of mechanics in there that are like, wow, this looks awesome. I'm, I'm excited to to play this video game and. You can tell they're run by a team of people that really do want to just not only are they run by a team of people, but the company is owned by people that also really want it to work out because to the dismay of many, the the open or the closed beta won't even start until next summer. Mm -hmm. So then the real release probably won't even happen until 2025. So, you know, that's that sucks for everyone that wants to play it. But then, you know, hey, we need to we need to make this work. And Diablo 4 really should have 
you know followed suit in that kind of idea because they, yeah. they they have a really great base game but there's a lot of weird problems and a lot of strange coding things like when you run by a character it loads their entire stash not just what's on the player so it mm. creates interest you know it it puts a big drain on resources on people's computers so then they can't give people more stash space and it's probably just again because they were hobbling together code from people that had left or ideas and they just right. didn't have time to work it all out and they're like oh we'll fix it later but then later is today yeah well this is you know especially for large publishers like activision blizzard ea ubisoft um it's sadly sort of become par for the course especially when you have a game like diablo that's you know intended to live for 10 years five ten years or so as I mean, sort yeah, of a, I feel as like sort of a play together or play forever type of game i was gonna say yeah it's probably supposed to last way longer than that um it's it's sadly pretty common to put it out in sort of a half finished state and be like ah whatever it's playable and then you know it's not actually a good video game until after it's been out and it's been like continuously worked on for like two years yeah and then it becomes something great but it it you have to sit through that which is right eventually people will stop doing it yeah Eventually, it will come to a point where it's like I'm done trying to do this because it's not it's not working anymore. I want to see at least, I want to at least see, like even if people don't stop playing the games altogether, yeah, I would like to see people show enough like restraint to get to the point where it's like that's going to suck when it comes out, so I'm going to wait and play it like a year later. Sure, yeah. But, it, like, I I don't think that most people who, especially when it comes to bigger, more mainstream games like that, I don't think there's enough, like, market savviness for that to be a widely held belief. Not not only that, but the, as video games are getting bigger and hitting a wider market, they, people will, there'll be new people to be, that's what I'm duped, saying, so to speak. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, there's – this is hitting more of a mainstream audience where, like, you have people for whom, like, video games are, like, Call of Duty and maybe Assassin's Creed. Sure. And Fortnite. And if you mention any other video game, they're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't mean to disparage those people. They just don't, you know – we have to sort of step outside ourselves sometimes and realize that you and I live and breathe all of these games that come out all the time. We watch the directs and we read the news stories and we see the, and we see like the industry trends and we know what we're looking at. Like we're, we're, we're savvy about, about like what's going on and what these games are going to be like, usually before they even come out. Mm -hmm. And most people don't have that. I mean, hell, I I even know it sometimes, and against my better judgment, I'm like, I want to play it still. Yeah. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and and I know that I'm getting into something that's like, eh, well, this is questionable. But- well, yeah, and it's, you know, and in some cases, it's like, if you are happy enough to be in on the ground floor of it and be like, yeah, I know it's not done, but I, I'll still have a good time with it. Yeah. Um then, you know, at least you at least you have the self-awareness to know that that's what you're signing on for. Yeah. 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 It, it, it makes it easier to. Well, it just puts it all into a different light, I suppose. But it doesn't help the industry. <laughs> no, no, it sure doesn't. It fact, reinforces it just, bad habits. It just makes it worse. <laughs> like, like there is there's no redeeming side to that. It's true, but I mean, you know, gamer boycotts are hilariously ineffectual, so. If anything, it just promotes whatever it is. It seems like it does, yeah. Well, it makes sense, though, because it's just getting a lot more press, and then people don't necessarily see the bad, or they don't notice the bad or understand the bad, but then they see all the cool other stuff, and like, oh, neat, I want to play that. They just, like, the game goes into the headlines, and they're like, why are people so angry about this? It looks cool. Or right. it doesn't even or it doesn't even register that it's in the news because people are angry about it. They're just hearing about it for the first time and they're like, hey, I'll buy this. 
Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, Harry Potter is a good example where it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I really I really loved that story as a kid. What's I want to play this cool new game. And then it just kind of goes from there. I will say the game world was pretty cool. If if I, so, we ended up buying it when we got the PS5 like a month ago. And the uh, if you like Harry Potter world, it's amazing. <laughs> Like walking around the castle and stuff is super cool, <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's it's a. I think the, the those kinds of boycotts just won't work out. They never do because people like it's usually a very it's usually for most of these things it's a it's a small vocal minority that is that is upset with it, and of that vocal minority, a bunch of them will end up buying it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I I haven't really, like, I haven't really sat down and played, like, gone in on most Ubisoft titles, but I still played uh, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but, but, you, but you're not buying the DLC. I also didn't buy it. I received it as a gift. But, like, you know, whatever. Well, I suppose. Yeah, we, we we can we can we can make excuses for ourselves. It's you know if I if I really wanted to stay disciplined with it, I could have like taken it back to the store or traded it in or I almost spit my coffee out just being like, "Why are you returning this game?" Because of what it is. Because <laughs> I can't support Ubisoft, <laughs> even if it's not my money. <laughs> so yeah, it's like. I could have done that, but like the sale had already happened and it's like, well, I do kind of want to play it. So we've yeah. talked about, we've yeah, talked about yeah. this before, how we can be all high minded when it comes to games that we don't care about. But then when it comes to like when it comes to like, hey, this company has done some shitty stuff, but they put out a thing that seems like fun. We we more often than not just end up swallowing it or or just companies like Nintendo who we don't even know what their inner workings are like. Stuff like, comes about. Stuff comes out about Nintendo every so often that we just kind of like, eh, that's yeah, eh, whatever. Just shh, don't think about it too much. It's not as bad as some other things that I've heard. Right, right, right. Just because right. they're union busting their employees in Washington, it's not like they're covering up sexual assault like Activision and Ubisoft or anything. Yeah, that, that we know of. So it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah, that we know of. Because because that's that's always the the big question mark is well. The only reason we're mad at these other people is because we know about it. Yeah, we like there was a whistleblower and we actually heard the story. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the thing like this is a severe shift in uh, trajectory. But like college sports is kind of like this, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like a cheating scandal comes out for like any like any big school that wins a lot is generally like two or three like two or three years off of like and they're cheating super hard <laughs> but like if it's been more than you know five or ten years since your team was found to have been cheating then you can be all high-minded and be like look at all these other cheaters they're only winning because they're cheating and then yeah. your team is cheating and then it's like oh i'm gonna have to be quiet well, for a while they had a reason to do it though yeah, the other team was cheating. Well, we had to do it to keep up with all the other cheating teams. It's like everyone's cheating. <laughs> like at a certain at a certain level, like there's enough money going around and there's enough like investment there. Whereas like everyone is bending the rules a little bit. Yeah, just, or a, just lot. a touch. Just a yeah. touch. <laughs> so, hey, so this is kind of the same thing where it's like it's kind of just a matter of time before the company that 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 you will defend as like, no way, they're not doing anything wrong. These ones are the good guys. Like, they're breaking laws too. And they have all sorts of like, scandal cover up stuff. They, you know, they're just doing a better job of not letting it come out publicly. Mm, yeah. CD Projekt Red is like, one of the best examples of this. Because having been sort of like, having been one of the companies that is, uh, sort of customer centric. Yeah. You know, they, they 
they were the ones that like we're never going to put DRM in our games. We're never going to make it. We're going to make it easier for you to play legally. We started GOG where we where we you know sell you games that don't have DRM in them because we think that's the right thing to do. And then it's like, oh, also we're crunching our employees 120 hours a week, and we told them, uh, we we've been telling them for the last like nine months that they only had to do one more month of crunch. <laughs> but it's fine. But it's fine. You all love cyberpunk, right? Oh, <laughs> now they now everyone does. Yeah. Again, it's been about two years. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's been like three years. So now cyberpunk's great. Yeah, and now it's good. Excited. Now all the now all the problems are fixed, and everyone loves it now. And you can be excited for the the DLC because because uh, uh, Idris Elba's in it. Yeah, <laughs> they oh, are man. hitting the right notes when it comes to like celebrity guest stars. True, true. Like they they've gotten they've hit they've hit good 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 spots on those. <laughs> they, so they, they rubbed those rings correctly. Oh God. <laughs> Hey, so I, I wanted to to ask, you know, are are you excited about any uh I, I don't know, games that have been released on the Nintendo Switch service in the last week? Yeah, I'm gonna finally play the Oracle games. I don't know <laughs> when, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm very excited. I've played like four dungeons of season so far. Oh yeah, no, I'm not even into it yet. I Oh I know. I know. I I we we we've this one I had for a no time. time this last week. I've been I I was up in Michigan and I had family visiting. You saw the utter chaos that was my Nissan stream on Thursday. Um <laughs> it's it's been a week. I haven't gotten to play any more Fire Emblem um or like anything that I've I've wanted like I've had to sort of juggle that and keeping up with work which is really kicking up and I'm starting to play some pre-release stuff that I'm really excited about, but can't talk about yet. Woo. Um, have you, have you had time to get any mail in, uh, in, a, in email form? Well, no, but Swoggles doesn't have to send us mail anymore since we already have the bracket. Well, I don't know. Sometimes he changes the story. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes we get updates on the lore. Right? I didn't know if there's been any lore updates. There's no lore updates. <laughs> but let's uh Alright, here's what we're gonna do. Okay. I, we're gonna we're gonna go take a break because Jesse's trying to call me and I think she's probably driving back from Tennessee right now. Okie doke. And so I'm going to uh we're gonna take a break. We're gonna take a word from our sponsor. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna come back, we're gonna do a bracket thing, I'm gonna talk about some other things, and then we're gonna talk about Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. Excellent. That's the plan. So we'll start with the bracket, but here's the problem, uh, did we already do E.T. versus Daikatana? I feel like we did because we were talking about how, like, neither of the games are very good, but they both have, like, really cool stories behind them. I think so. And then I think we saved Daikatana on the strength of um, the the Game Boy port. Yeah, that's kind of what I remember. I don't remember that. I, I can't say for sure. Honestly. I don't have a I don't have like an updated. <clears throat> I don't have an, uh, an updated uh, bracket for like what we've done, but I'm pretty sure this is the last. Um, I'm pretty sure this is the last round of the or the, the last matchup of the second round, which if I recall, because again, this hasn't been filled in on the bracket and I sure haven't been keeping track. Um, we had League of Legends versus darts, where I think we said darts. I believe so. And then we had Call of Duty versus slot machines where I think we technically saved Call of Duty. Dude, I thought we saved slot machines. I actually don't know. I would have guessed slot machines. It's not too late. I, I honestly no don't one's gonna a... No one's gonna stop us from from swapping it out. I don't, I don't have a clue. I really don't remember what we picked. We were talking about how we... I, I remember we talked about with that matchup how we're basically choosing between two different things that are specifically created to be exploitative. 
and to uh, and to like take away your money with the promise of something that will never come. Yeah, but I thought we made like some joke that at least slot machines change their skins occasionally. Oh shit, that's true. All right, cool. Let's go with it. I don't um, remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That being the case, and if we if we changed our minds, then uh, who cares? <laughs> the current uh, the current matchup is darts versus slot machines. That's a that's a that's a that's a reasonable matchup. I think it's completely one sided. For me, I would say slot machines personally. Wait to to move on or to? Yeah, to move on. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah, I'd much rather pull a slot machine lever than play darts. But darts is a game of actual skill, whereas slot machines are just like a bunch of flashing lights. Yeah, I like flashing lights. Yeah, fair. You do play Diablo. Right, exactly. I I <laughs> I, I love I love uh like idle games. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's completely fair, honestly. But if this is I don't know how how do we resolve this one cuz it's been I don't think we've ever had one where we've been completely opposite yeah i don't know i don't know one of us is just gonna have to like all right let, let's make our cases like so with darts like darts is a game that you can just continue to play forever and it doesn't actually cost you any extra money and i like that oh true i mean if we're talking about it from that point of view darts is superior like, if we're talking about it from just a, how much can you get out of if you were to go, I mean, do you own the dartboard? Because if right, you, yeah. you, have to, you have to, like, buy food at the bar, they usually won't just give you darts unless they're empty and then maybe they don't care because then at least there's bodies in it, right? Because usually it's not just like you can walk into a place and it's free yeah. if, you, if you play darts it. Because they used to have dart machines even at a Dave & Buster's sometimes. Oh, yeah. And those would cost quarters or whatever credits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Pool um, tables, too. Mm-hmm. So they still cost something, but if you own, like, if you were to own a dartboard, that dartboard will be way more exciting than if you were to own a slot machine. Like, owning a slot machine is not exciting. Right. The slot ma- the only thing that's exciting about the slot machine is the promise of possibly winning money. Yeah, or, or a thing. Like, it's, 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 it's fun to pull the, the lever. Yeah. I, I enjoy pulling the lever. Now... Maybe there would be a way to modify darts to have some kind of lever pull, and then I would be satisfied. <laughs> but also, most modern slot machines don't even have a lever. That That's a huge knock on slot machines. Like, it's just hit a button. Uh, to be honest, uh, I was really disappointed when I went to, to Vegas for the first time, like, I don't know, 13 years ago. And you had to go to a special part of Vegas to even use quarters. Like, the quarter yeah. slot machines didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah. It's all, it's all credits on your card now. And that to me was very unfun because like the whole the whole joy of slot machines, like when you do win is like there's a certain there's a certain like sensory feedback that you get from the coins hitting the tray in the bottom. I mean, they emulate that sound for a reason. Yeah, because it's cool. Yeah, like some kind like, of sound you like, like that. to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and they try to they try to do it with. So it's weird because a slot machine Especially if we're talking about physical slot machines and not slot machines in games, right? Right, then, yes. Then I would say the current slot machine is at a severe disadvantage to to darts. The, but the, the theoretical classic slot machine... I, w- I would enjoy that way more. It's, it's, it's one of those odd things because it's not like I'm spending money to gamble. Like, my idea of gambling in Vegas was uh, exchanging a dollar for a hundred pennies and sitting at the penny slot machine oh, for yeah. 20 minutes. My... <laughs> My favorite form of casino gambling is finding the place that gives you, like, the $20 house money voucher. Yeah. Because that's supposed to, like, give you the taste and sort of, like, get you hooked. And usually I'll lose, like, about 30% of it. And then I'll be like, oh, sick. The casino gave me, like, $12. <laughs> because I, they gave me $20 to play with, and I did that for, like, an hour. And then I cashed out like 12 because I lost more than I won because it's a casino. <laughs> we basically just talked about Vegas and slot machines. So I think slot machines wins a default victory. Oh, shoot. Yeah. By I just about- simply by just <laughs> being the more interesting <laughs> thing to talk about. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> we can literally flip a coin. That seems very uh, slot machine-esque. Yes. Well... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's a slot machine is more like you have to flip three coins and win all of them and then you get your money back. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. <laughs> but yeah, I don't care. I really don't care which one wins. They're, yeah. they're, they're the this is we, we've 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 drafted ourselves into a corner here with our brackets. We really have. I mean, we we already announced a few weeks ago which one was probably going to be the eventual winner. <laughs> yeah. So everything over. else is playing for second place. <laughs> brackets are done. <laughs> I mean, straight up, I'm looking at what's left and it's like, OK, I know how I know exactly how these last two are going to go <laughs> or these last like we're in the semifinals now. Mm-hmm. And like, without saying anything, we've got uh, Home Alone versus Bubsy and Daikatana versus Slot Machines. And I can very easily predict where the last three matches are going to go. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we could just end it now. <laughs> Do you want to? It's over. <laughs> like, you know, why even keep the suspense? Yeah. Right. Like Home Alone. Home Alone over Bubsy easily. Uh, Daikatana over slots or darts or whatever the victor was. It literally doesn't even matter. <laughs> then then I feel like Home Alone just beats Daikatana by default. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. So yeah, brackets are over. Thanks, Genie. Yep, that's that. <laughs> that was, it was the most anticlimactic Super anticlimactic. I mean, let's be real here. I don't know if you were recording or not, but we were talking about who won what brackets. <laughs> and we were like, I don't remember anymore. I sure was recording. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think there's a there's a really cool announcement though because Dean's Steam famous now. Steam the the game client famous. I have a for real actual paid sponsored stream coming up on August eighth and August tenth at uh, seven p.m. and eight p.m. Eastern respectively. Um. A publisher of visual novels called Lofty Sky Games contacted me about doing sponsored streams during the Steam Visual Novel Fest. And uh, I'm going to do sponsored streams of their games uh, Sky of Tides, which I think is pre-release. I'm going to be playing like a demo version of that for like an hour. Oh, neat. And um, and their other game, which has been out for a few years, uh, Shuyan Saga. Which is which gives me sort of like Jade Empire vibes. I haven't played either one of them, so I'm going to, you know, we're going to jump in and we're going to have like a first time experience like together. Yeah. Where I just kind of like get in there and and see what's up because I'm not familiar with these games. And I told them that my typical thing is to just like discover a game for the first time, like live. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do the whole live reaction thing. And they were like, that's cool. Do that. So I'm going to basically boot them up to make sure they work properly. But aside from that, we're all going to be seeing what these games are about at the same time. All I've seen about them is the trailers. They look like decently produced visual novels. So and what's what's uh, the what's the times again? So I'm playing uh, Sky of Tides on August 8th. That is a... I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, yeah. August 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And then Shion Saga we're playing on August 10th, which is the following Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's cool. So I'm talking about that here. I will also talk about it next week as a reminder. But uh, please come out to those and, uh, and support so that the... Uh, so that Lofty Sky does not regret taking me on as a uh, as a sponsored <laughs> streamer, and maybe I can parlay this into more business in the future. <laughs> I mean, also like you know, support the games because they seem cool. But like, I'm not going to say a lot about the games because if I try to sell you these games before I have played them, I lose all credibility. That's very true. Yeah. So like. I would in, like in, to say, like, oh, yeah, come out and support the company and the and the games and everything, which is technically what they're hiring me to do. But my, you know, my credibility as you can't a sell it yet. Yeah, I can't sell it yet. I can't I can't in good conscience tell you, hey, these games are great. Go buy them. 
that's what this that's what the you know that's what the streams are going to be for and and the, i imagine this will be in the, the like the second part of the title of the um of the podcast to like keep visibility but the information will be in the description yeah yeah okay cool since you just reminded me to do that, yes, this is yeah, it most seems, certainly it, will be. It seems like a good idea. <laughs> I should definitely do that because then you can go to the the Steam page and see and see your little your little icon, which yeah. is kind of neat. Yeah, it was really cool to to go to the store page and see. They they got me and like two other streamers to do these, and they have everyone's like everyone's icons. Me and uh, Lauren the flute and Hank Sinatra. But but you're you're number two or whatever. So so, and not number two like you're ranked. But I just mean you you. There's only two things that show up on my screen when I go to there, and you're one of those two. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So, what, anyway, well, no, Kirby's Tilt and Tumble right, is the game. <laughs> I forgot what we were talking about for a second. I, okay, so. <laughs> I knew about Kirby Tilt and Tumble when it first came out, and mm-hmm. I thought it was neat, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't interested enough to ask for it or buy it or anything like that. Sure. And it was really fun to play it on the Switch Online for the first world. Yep. Oh yeah. The first yeah, world okay. of Kirby Tilt and Tumble was really fun. Yep. Then after that, I did not like it because the the controls are just too wild. Mm-hmm. Like Kirby's just rolling all over the damn place. Yeah. It's really, really, really hard to keep. To keep it like I almost. Th- OK, so like, let's just get it out there from the start. Um, Like right from the beginning. I think that one of the most notable things to happen to Kirby's Hilt and Tumble, aside from its re-release on Switch Online, is that it was run at um, AGDQ. Yeah, like two years ago or something like that. Yeah, within like the last year or two on a GameCube. Which using, was hilarious to watch. Using the uh, the Game Boy Player attachment. Yeah. And um, it involved them having to, like, manipulate the entire GameCube to keep Kirby moving around. Yeah. Now, having actually played it myself and seen how... And seeing how uh, erratic... Like be, yeah. The and controls precise. are. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I actually wonder if playing with the GameCube might actually be a superior control experience. Because it's a little heavier and you have to be more deliberate yeah. with how you move it. So, like, your your movements are naturally going to be a little bit more, a little bit slower and more measured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it might actually that. be better that way. Um, I was playing with the Switch Pro controller. Yeah, I tried the Pro Controller, and I tried a third-party controller, and I was holding the system at one point. Because I did end up... I beat the... So I found some warp in the second world or third world that took me to the sixth world. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I'm done. I don't really want to play any more of this after we had talked. Mm -hmm. And I I looked online, and there there was another warp in the sixth world that did take you right to the final boss. Okay. So I ended up doing, or not the final boss, the final world. So I ended up playing right. through the last world, and man, did the last world suck! It was yeah, not, I. It was you not told fun. me. You told me to. Uh, you told me to go through and look at the final boss, and I did. And no, in doing so, so, no, no. So actually, the final boss was my favorite part of the entire video game. Honestly, well, God. what I was gonna say is in searching through a long play to get to the final boss, I also saw bits of the final world, which looked miserable. It was not fun. I mean, I was just rewinding time because I was like, I'm not playing this game to, I don't, I don't even want to, I I was basically forcing myself to play through because I was curious if the final boss was going to be any fun. Like, what was the ending like? And the final boss was really cool. Yeah. I, I, that was, I wish the whole game was just mini games of stuff like that. Yeah. With, with interspersed uh, marble rolling. What's the, what's the name of that the 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 actual board game where you know you like roll the marble through the like the wooden board that tilts and stuff? I can't think of what the actual. Oh thing is yeah. Um, uh, I oh, know, I know. I, you, know. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure everyone else does too. But <laughs> yeah, so I so, don't know like the actual name of it. I wish they had more stuff like that because doing the the platforming that they ask you to do is not fun. Yep. Yeah, and it, it really, it strikes me as, 
a it strikes me as the type of game that is like hey this is our this is an early foray into like the idea of of like You're, how like motion controls. controls or movement controls can be applied yeah yeah to a game i think it sold fairly well in japan cuz they were going to make a sequel with on the on the gamecube that you needed a link cable to then connect to a game boy advance and that's how it would have motion controls uh, that that was never released. Yeah, for a bunch of reasons, I would imagine. A bunch of reasons. <laughs> I can also, think of so many reasons to not do that. <laughs> Kirby was not going to originally be Kirby; it was going to be uh, a, a little monkey instead of Kirby. And then Shigeru Miyamoto, I, I, I apparently said, "Hey, let's make it Kirby," and so then it became Kirby. I thought that was a Sakurai decision. I, I, thought no the, the, I thought the story was like Kirby was like a placeholder sprite, and then the team was just like, "Hey, we love him. Oh, let's I just don't do know. that." The 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 wiki article that I read just said that that it was a monkey, and then after discussing with Miyamoto, oh, I was like Kirby. I was not aware that Miyamoto was uh, part of that decision. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's it should be Sakurai. I no, I'm not doubting the authenticity of it. That's just like. I'm more saying that, like, I learned something today. Oh. Because yeah. I, I was vaguely aware of the fact that Kirby, like, Kirby's original design was supposed to be something else. Yeah. And, like, because he's just basically a circle with a face, he was just intended as a placeholder sprite. Ah, okay. That could I could see that making sense, yeah. But, like, that's not necessarily... Um, that story is not necessarily, you know, incongruous with... You know, Miyamoto said, just keep it that way. Mm -hmm. That's just a part of the story that I wasn't as aware of. Because I, I like, the way that I read it was like the team just decided to keep it that way. But the team in this case could have been Miyamoto flipping a table and being like, just do it this way. Well, and if it came from an interview, it's there's always a possibility that the way the interviewer is answering it is to help the person at the top sound the best. For sure. Right, like that—that that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, especially in the, the the way. Well, you know the the the, the structure of Japanese companies and who yep. like who's yep. in charge yep. and all that stuff. So For it sure. could be something like that too. I I honestly don't really know. All yeah. I know is that it wasn't originally going to be Kirby, and that's it. Sure that's, wasn't. That's kind of interesting that they were like, well, once again, let's just put Kirby in it then, because <laughs> that's what they feel like they do a lot of times with games. Like it Kirby really, yeah. <laughs> And with well, Kirby, it usually really works out. It's like, we have this idea for a game, let's just make a Kirby. Yeah, because this, this, this game almost works out. It's, it actually, I, I think it, there's I a lot of... I don't think it's terrible. Right, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I honest to God, had a lot of fun in the beginning. I was, I was really excited to play it. And then I took a break for a little bit, because uh, it's not a game that I did. I wanted to play all of that one in one sitting, which I guess is already sort of telling. But mm -hmm. I figured that it could just be one of the, you know, pick it up, play it, and put it down for a bit. But when I got to the difficult levels, I I, I really didn't like it anymore. I, I played the first world and felt like that was enough. And yeah. then didn't play it again for like a month. And then picked <laughs> it up like this morning. Right, right, yeah. And I was like, all right, we're going to podcast it today. I need to play more of it. Let's see how much I get through. Mm -hmm. And I got through like one stage and part of another. And I was like, I desperately want to stop playing this <laughs> i mean the fact that you even had fun in the first world says a lot yeah which i, I think mean is... i think there was a there was a novelty of like wow i'm actually kind of surprised that this game which originally had like a proprietary accelerometer in the cartridge right which is really cool like which that is, really cool. is really cool like in in at the time that it came out like, that's really a neat thing for them to have done, and I'm sure would have probably blown my mind if I'd played it in the 90s. Yeah. I still think you would have been super frustrated even then, though. Probably. Just just once you got to... So that's what I'm trying to say, is that I feel like the, 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 the technology is great, that it just wasn't there for precise enough movement, so that sucks right. that they ask you to do all of that, because playing the minigame fight... Because it's basically like a minigame when you're fighting King Dedede at the end, because mm -hmm. you roll into a cannon... And then you roll the cannon left to right, launch Kirby out, and then you can control Kirby as he flies, you know, with his Superman pose to punch DD in the face. And right. that, that is very fun. It feels great. 
it's re- like it's it's a, it's got a lot of great feedback and and it, the it's exciting. It's a it's a great way to end the 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 game. And I wish that was what more of the game was with stuff like that. Plus the first world where it was you get to do the tilting and the tumbling, but it's not you're not getting penalized because you know it thinks you're playing a highly precise two D action platform. Right, 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 right. Uh, so there yeah, was and I think of, that yeah. like the, a lot of the fun that I had in the first world was mostly just being impressed that they actually were able to make to the, translate the technology work. The technology work on Switch, like they were actually able to port that in a way that made sense. Yeah, true. It's kind of a double thing where you're like, wow, this was on the Game Boy Color. Also, it's working on the Switch. Yeah, because like, like when it comes thing. to emulation, it's like it's easy enough to say like, okay, now this button translates to this button, and this button translates to that button. It feels like it's a much bigger undertaking to be like, okay, so the you know the accelerom the analog accelerometer features of this proprietary cartridge, right, mm-hmm. are now are now being mapped to the accelerometer in these Joy-Con controllers. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's... Like, that's really cool to me, but once I played through a world, and the fact that it's really cool became kind of, like, normalized, you I did not interest. want to care. I did not want to play that at all anymore. Yeah. No, I get that. I think that's fair. I, I don't... I, I think that... If anyone is listening to this is curious about the game, it's it's since it's free on Switch if you have it. And I think it's free if you just have online, right? Because it's on the Game Boy. So yeah, the Game Boy cost. is on the regular expansion and the Game Boy Advance games are the plus. The plus. So like give it a try if you if you're curious. The beginning is fun, it's neat to see, but overall it's it's a real eh, experience. It's yeah, it, it's it's asking you to be too precise with things that are not built for precision. Mm-hmm. Which is honestly one of the issues that I have with most motion control games. Right, yeah, yeah. Is it's like you're, you're, you know, you have this thing that mostly works most of the time, but it's not really built for precision. It's built for, like, broader movements. Right. And you're asking it to do really precise things. And yeah. that makes it bad. Mm-hmm. The the sprite work's really good. That's true. I, I like the saving screens too, how they change. Sometimes Kirby's, you know, he's got the US Kirby face where he's pissed off and sometimes he's really happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean it has like all the stuff that you love about Kirby is here, aside from like, I don't know, abilities, I guess. Do you get abilities <laughs> at any point? Or no. are you just ball the whole time? You, you can you can jump. That's not you can, that's you not can what jump. I mean. <laughs> The jumping, by the way, boy, oh God, how much better would you like this game if jump was a button? Oh, yeah, I don't know. You have to flick the screen up. It's so weird. Well, I think I say the screen because I'm picturing playing it on the Game Boy, and that must have been so awful. Yeah, because you don't just go straight up when you do it either. No, it depends like on you, which way you flick it, I guess. Yeah. And for me, it was mostly going, like, backwards. Yeah, 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 because you flip it that way instead of, like twisting it forward right exactly i i can't imagine how miserable that was on a to do on a game boy yeah uh, like because then like you this is this is half the reason i've never liked playing action games on a handheld in the first place is because like you know if you want to move your hands around then you necessarily have to like just not that you you're sacrificing being able to see what's on the screen mm-hmm. right and when you're doing, like, really rapid action, like, sometimes your hands move around a lot. Yeah, sure. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you tilt, sometimes you, you know, you grip really quickly because something surprises you or you're really tense. And having to, and that, having to, like, manage your visibility of the screen, because if you move around too much, it's going to be hard to see. Yeah. Is, like, just not something I've ever wanted to have to deal with. So that's why, like, handhelds have traditionally, for me, been like, oh, yeah, this is a this is going to be a an RPG machine for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I think that's I bet that's not that uncommon. Honestly, because, like, I don't mind playing action games like I don't I don't have a problem playing them on the smaller screen most of the time, depending on 
you know, what the game is. Sure. But the most comfortable have always been RPGs for for me as well. When I when I think about what I want to play on there. And I mean, you know, with that in mind, um, you know, it's really cool that they're bringing all the handheld Zelda games to oh, Switch. Heck yeah. heck yeah. So that I can I mean, play them on a on a static screen now. Yeah, I never had problem with Zelda on 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 the Game Boy games because I the, the, it's not like a a twitchy action game. Generally, no, yeah. Uh, but but I'm so glad that they're bringing them over so that you can experience them. I I love Oracle of Agencies. Now, what what's sort of funny is I only played through each of them once, and so it will be fun to see how I feel after playing through them again. Sure. So that's wonderful that I, overall stuff. They like are games that I've always that I've been interested in for like a long time. To the point where I was going to just emulate them. Yeah. For for a while. But now I just don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like overall stuff like Kirby's Tilt and Tumble is a, a big win to have added to the service just because it's a cool piece of history that yeah. you can now experience. And and it's, a, it's an interesting novelty for a bit as long as you're not like, I don't know, if you temper your expectations of like how responsive you expect it to be. And yeah. just and just sort of enjoy it from in the sense that like, oh, yeah, it's really cool that they're, you know, that there's this like motion control Game Boy game that they've been able to port to switch with the motion controls intact. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. And, I, I mean, just if, don't want to do it anymore. And if and if you want to get hardcore, you can collect all the things in a stage and get the harder version or bonus stages. And, you know, you, you it does the full Kirby thing where it's like, hey, it's you can beat it. It's okay. It's actually no. It doesn't do the Kirby thing because it's not easy at all. Where usually beating Kirby is not a problem, but doing yeah. everything 100 percent gets kind of tricky. Yeah. This game, this game starts at like end game Kirby difficulty, and then ramps up to something I don't even want to think about because of <laughs> how fast you'd have to go through those levels. I, and maybe once you memorize it and you get really used to the controls, it's not nearly as bad as I'm making it out to be. But you I mean, have this to really is honestly to a it. game where like normally we'd say like oh being able to save state and rewind really really bails this one out. It doesn't make it a lot much. more fun. It's still frustrating. It, it honest, I can I can tell you right now that does not help that much. Because <laughs> then, like, it's fine if you only have to save state or rewind every like once in a while. Because like, whoops, I messed up. Mm-hmm. But like, this is like, if you're spending more time rewinding and doing the thing over and over again than you are actually playing the game, that's no fun. Yeah, there's this really miserable part where you have to jump over the the little spiky spiny thingies. Uh, and you you have to do it like while on rails, basically, like on a uh, a platform, like a like you have like a I don't know, um, basically you're st- suspended in air. So if you fall, you die. And and if you if you go off of the little wire, you also die. But you don't have to balance it. You're like stuck inside the little cloud as it moves along mm-hmm. the, the path. But you have to jump over the spines, or it will hit you and you'll fall out. And you have to do that a bunch of times. And the jumping is, feels really awful because you have to flick it up. But if you flick backwards, Kirby will start moving backwards. But you wanted to go forwards, flicking forwards felt kind of weird, and that was it. Just that was one of those moments. Where it was like, ugh, yeah, <laughs> this is not fun. Yeah, um, but yeah. I'm really glad. Like, this is gonna sound weird, but I'm glad that you didn't like this game either. <laughs> Why? Because I was playing through it now, and like, I had this feeling deep down where I was like, am I just doing the thing again where I'm like, ew, motion controls, and I'm just, like, selling the whole experience short just because it doesn't have my, like, preferred preferred control scheme? No, it's really rough. Okay. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, it's definitely a rough experience overall. That's Kirby. That's Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. The only Kirby game that I might actually... Yeah, we always say, like, there's no bad Kirby games. True. I don't know if this is a bad Kirby game, but if there is one... I can't call it a bad Kirby game. This is the closest there is to a bad Kirby game. Yeah, I don't... There's so many Kirby games that I can't put them all... I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. If we had to say, like, what is a bad Kirby game? Oh, here's the problem, though. Here's where it might save itself, is that you can even say it's not a Kirby game. You could say that, but you could (laughs) say that about a lot of Kirby games. You could say that about Air Ride. You could say that about Avalanche. You could say that about, like, (laughs) uh, uh... Even the Fighters games to it, like, 
what is the so. what is the one that's um that's like on the DS where you just like draw the path? Like Rainbow Curse? No, Rainbow Curse is the the the, the Wii U one. It's something like Can- that. Though. Canvas Curse. Canvas Curse. I think yeah. that's right. I didn't play Canvas Curse, but I played Rainbow Curse. That was cool. I kept, I kept I couldn't stop thinking Cursed Mirror, but I think Cursed Mirror is actually super good. I believe so. I believe uh, you mean a uh, uh, Amazing Mirror. Probably. I think it's I think it's called Amazing Mirror. I don't know. Here's the thing with Kirby. You know what I was just saying about like not playing a lot of action games on handhelds? You didn't play a lot of these most Kirby games. Kirby games are on handhelds. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh man, I wonder if we're going to get Amazing Mirror then cuz that was a Game Boy Advance game. I will play the hell out of it. That would be so cool. It's too bad we can't get the DS stuff because I would like to. I never played Squeak Squad or yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Canvas Curse. Yeah, that'd yeah, be same. Sick. But I hope we get. I hope we get Amazing Mirror. DS is is gonna be a a different issue. Yeah, like they could do it maybe if you if you could like hold the system or something and then flip it long ways or whatever. I don't know. Oh my god! You know what the you know what the solution is to them putting DS games on Switch? Hmm. They. The, all they have to do is release it with a peripheral that is just a touchscreen, and it just is the Wii U touchpad. <laughs> yeah, they could do it. It's just the Wii U gamepad, yeah. and then that acts as, like, the lower screen of the DS. That would be cool. I would buy that. I actually would, too. There are so many DS games and 3DS games that I'd like to play that I didn't, or ones that I would like to replay, because they're that was, that was one of the... That's got to be one of the best consoles just ever released because of in all terms of, of like sh- overall library yeah yeah and the sheer variety of stuff available to you mm-hmm. so i think that's the end of kirby's tumble yeah now that we're talking about games that we would kirby games that we would rather play yeah that about we, does it can't wait to play this other kirby game have a great day <laughs>